This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Welcome to Betting Weekly, Extra Time, La Liga edition. You're with Dan Robock and the editor of Football España, Rory Barlow. A midweek slate for your pleasure. Analysis for Match Day 31 coming up over the course of the next 25 minutes or so. Off the back of a weekend that saw seven home wins, the most home victories this season over a single weekend. Only three of those However, we're minus money favourites, so it's not easy for betters. Talking points, Rory, over the course of the weekend that I've pulled out here. The gap remains 11. Barca are going to win the title. I think we know that. Eight games to go. Osasuna may be finding a little bit of form ahead of their Copa del Rey final with Real. And a big win for Real Sociedad in the race for Champions League spots, or more accurately, probably just one place. Interesting weekend. Yeah, it was a very interesting weekend. I think that Champions League four spot is the significant headline from this weekend, obviously beyond Barcelona's kind of uh, putting to bed any doubts that might have come up if they had lost this weekend. But yeah, Real Sociedad's now a good gap to Real Betis. They're six points clear, seven of Villarreal. And neither of those two teams seem to be able to put together the run of form that would challenge La Real in theory. I still think it's alive. But I think the margin for error for Villarreal and Real Betis is uh, running out. I think Real, La Real is in Real Sociedad still have a tough fixture list to come. They're still not playing brilliant football in my view. But as these other teams, as Betis and Villarreal, continue to drop points and continue to struggle themselves, they're just running out of games to to hold them in. And uh, yeah, that, that gap does look rather large right now with just eight games to go, as you mentioned, Dan. Yeah, we're focusing on Wednesday and Thursday uh, matches here. We're not touching on the Tuesday games, but obviously that Real Betis, Real Sociedad game is going to be massive. And Osasuna also playing on the Tuesday as well. I mean, earlier on this season, we were talking uh, about Osasuna in, in in glowing terms, not maybe suggesting they're going to go top four, but we thought they might get top six and then they their, their form dropped. They seem to concentrate on the Copa del Rey, but they look to have re-engaged a little bit now. Is that fair? Yeah, I think... All eyes are on the Copa to a certain extent because that's a historic event. That's something that's going to define not only their season, but if they do win it, then the decades. That that will be sort of... Uh, <laughs> Yago Barasati will not be buying drinks for a long, long time in Pamplona if that is the case. But uh, but yeah, I think on a certain from a certain point of view, Osasuna are one of the teams that are more consistent out of that kind of top half of the table. They don't have anything to fear, so they're playing... On the one hand, they're not playing with any pressure, which 
frees them up to play a bit more um, against teams that are perhaps fighting at the bottom. On the flip side of that, it does mean that they maybe don't need to fight quite as hard as some of the other teams. And so you see that in certain games. So you see that against uh, the likes of um, kind of Rayo Vallecano, where they, they were beaten 2-1 and perhaps just didn't quite dig out those chances that they needed towards the end. But then against Real Betis, where pressure was on Betis and they managed to get ahead in that game, then it opens them up to play a little bit more freely and, and get that win, as you say. Four selections this midweek from Rory. All 10 games, as per usual, streamed live on the Bet Rivers app uh, for our friends in the States. These are always good kickoff times for Eastern viewers. So if you've not got the app, download it. Uh, make sure that you can watch along while potentially see your investments uh, come good. Because obviously, if they're evening games in Europe, then we're talking sort of afternoon and late afternoon games in the United States. We're going to kick off with a game on Wednesday, Rory, featuring Atletico Madrid against Mallorca. Uh, this is one thirty Eastern, 7.30 local. Uh, Atleti are short price favourites at minus 2.30. Mallorca plus 8.50, the draw plus 3.30. I know you're in Barcelona at uh, the weekend. I hope you enjoyed your time in the Catalan capital, Rory. But Atleti um, didn't buy the looks of things. They were beaten by Barcelona at camp now. You went both teams to score no as your pick, which cashed. Was that a fair reflection of what we saw on the pitch? Did Barca deserve to win that one win, uh, win 1-0? Just about, I'd say so. I think that if you look at the amount of chances that Barcelona spurned in that second half, Lewandowski had one which was quite remarkable that he missed. Rafinha had another one which as well, it was an open goal and he shinned it into the hands of Jan Black and Gavi as well also kind of scuffed an effort. So if you look at those three very clear chances, you can't really say that Atleti deserved it over them, but neither were Atleti outplayed. It was an Atleti performance that Certainly for the first 45 minutes, I really liked. Griezmann hit the bar inside a minute. He had two more efforts that were well saved by Tostegen, and he certainly came up big in that first half uh, with, with kind of an effort going towards the near post. So it wasn't an athletic performance that made you really doubt what they'd been doing for the last kind of two, three months. It was their first loss since that Barcelona game at the Metropolitano. So it's not a game that made me worry about Atleti. It did. I think it was... Disappointing and irritating. Disappointing because I don't think, as we say, this was a team that was outplayed by Barcelona too much. Certainly not until about the 60, 70 minute mark. And then irritating because it was an opportunity to lay down a marker, to put down that kind of, we are here and we will challenge for the title next season. We are just as good as you, Barcelona. But they didn't quite manage to do it. They didn't quite manage to grab the game by the scruff of the neck in that second half when they needed to. And uh, as a result, they they did go down 1-0. But I'm pretty confident that they will respond against Mallorca this week. It's an interesting one about next season because I think that's what everyone was looking at for Atleti. We've mentioned it over the course of the last few weeks. You win six on the spin and you start to think maybe next season they will be a force. They picked up eight yellow cards, incidentally, in the game. Obviously frustrated. And just another word about Griezmann. You mentioned it there. You've answered my question, really, but I'll pull this off your website, so I may as well ask it you anyway. Played at Barcelona 14 times as an away player, failing to win any just two draws, and has never scored in those games. Is it a thing or is it just one of those things? I think it's more one of those things. I think if you're looking for is it a thing, the thing is uh, Chirlo Simeone's record. I think he's not won in 16 games at Camp Nou. So 
it, it goes back to the very start of the Cholo era and Griezmann's is kind of very early on in the Cholo era was when he joined Atleti. And so, so yeah, I think it's something to do with Atleti who struggle away from home at camp now. I think it's a very big pitch at camp now. means that your defence is a little bit more stretched. And in cup competitions, they've actually not been too bad against them. But in La Liga, it certainly seems to be a struggle for, for Cholo and Atleti. And uh, and yeah, as I say, I, I, it's not a game that I took too personally against either Griezmann or, or Cholo Simeone. They take on Mallorca. Um, we were talking about the draw with Mallorca last week. It got backed into plus 165, but they won. They beat Hetafe 3-1. Now unbeaten four in a row. Um you're going to tip Atleti to win this one, but are you are you any any concern? Well, obviously you haven't because you, you you're tipping up Atleti to win this one. But just give us your thoughts on on Mallorca going into this one. Yeah, Mallorca unbeaten in four and not doing too badly at all. It has to be said they got a very impressive one 0 away win at Celta Vigo. I think they're solid. They're finding their form again a bit. Kanjan Lee came up with two goals at the weekend. So that was significant from my point of view. I think. When he's on form, when he's playing well, that makes a massive difference to how Mallorca play. You look at those sides against which they were unbeaten, though. They are kind of all sides in the bottom half of the table, the likes of Hatafe, the likes of Celta. Um, I, I, I still think away from home there's weaknesses in this side, and Mallorca have just made the 40-point mark, which is significant. I wonder, in a game where they're going to rotate a little bit, they're going to be on a short week, which suits Atleti more than a team like Mallorca because of your depth. I wonder if perhaps there's a degree of relaxation from Javier Aguirre's side. Looking at the first tie as well, it was a 1-0 win for Mallorca on the island against Atleti. They outplayed them. They were very good. They were very intense. But it was also one of those games in which Kanjin Lee was very much on form. If he recovers that form, that means they're a much bigger threat to Atleti. But I, I think this is an Atleti side that were unlucky not to get something out of that 1-0 win, even if Mallorca did play better. Morata missed a couple of good chances. Griezmann played very well. I look at the form that Noel Molina's in. He won his battle against Alejandro Balde at the weekend, which is a rare sight in La Liga in recent months. I look at Carrasco, who was very good as well. They they lacked a little bit of a kind of calmness and pausa in that kind of final third to, to break Barcelona down, but Against the Mallorca defence, I feel like they will be able to have some joy. So I've gone Atleti to win, plus over 1.5 goals. As as I say, two teams that kind of safe in their positions, more or less. And so there's no real pressure on them. And I think when there's no pressure on, one of two things happens. Either the game kind of tends to go a bit stale and perhaps it, there's not as much motivation as, as there can be. Or you get kind of the pressure off, as I was saying with Osasuna. And I think with this Atleti side, they'll want to respond against to that defeat against Barcelona and still keep up the pressure on Real Madrid. So yeah, I like Atleti to win over 1.5 goals at plus 122. That's the selection. Atleti averaging three goals at home the last four games and Mallorca have netted seven, uh, in, uh, netted seven in their last three home and away. So goals hopefully on the agenda with an Atleti win to boot. Um Hetafe Almeria next for us. This is again Wednesday 7:30 local 1:30 Eastern. Massive clash when it comes to the battle to avoid the drop. Hetafe a minus 107 Almeria plus 350. It is 16th versus 17th just a point between the two. And I guess it's all about home form versus away form here because although Hetafe don't win that often, they're pretty good at home and Amaria, as we know, are yet to win away from home in any competition, Rory. 
Yet to win away from home and yet to beat Hatafe at home ever. So, so this would be oh, a lovely stat. Lovely stat. Um, if uh, if it happened, I mean, Elche have uh, done me over a few times this this league season with uh, breaking records. But, uh, but yeah, Almeria poor away from home, as we know. I think these are two sides that are probably quite evenly matched on the whole. Where I would make that point of difference is Enes Unal is the goal scorer in these two sides. He is the one that. At home, certainly, I feel like he has he has something about him, and he's more likely to score than Almeria are. And it's uh, one loss in in five games at home for Hatafe. Five of those last six have been under two point five goals. Almeria, five of their last six are over two point five goals. But those last two goals, kind of, the last two games have kind of been uh, garbage time goals, as they say in America, or or perhaps been lucky goals that they've scored. So Leo, Leo Baptista, as we said against Atletico Madrid was their kind of consolation goal, but it was a deflected effort. And then uh, last weekend as well, that their their goal kind of came at the end. It wasn't really significant to the results. Kike Sanchez-Flores, Hitafe manager, was furious with his side for getting beaten by Mallorca 3-1 after going 1-0 up. He said, we have the chance to choose uh, choose between kind of uh, being good and being well. Or Yes, be, be care- I've heard the quote, so be careful how you say it. Or, or crap <laughs> as, a, as an alternative <laughs> to, to what's... What he did actually say, and so yeah. so yeah, I have to say this: he was furious. I expect them to get a response here. Whenever Kike Sanchez Flores has looked as if he's maybe perhaps starting to come under pressure for his job, he tends to pull out a result. And looking at those Almeria draws away from home, Valencia, Cari, Celta, Elche—they're all kind of bottom half teams. Hitafe do fall into that, so I've gone Hitafe to win or draw, just in case Almeria do pull out a point here. But under two point five goals is where your kind of risk factor comes in, I guess. And uh, minus 109 is where the odds fall on that one. Yeah, I think it is a solid and safe bet. I know that Almeria have managed a few draws this season, generally against sides in and around that relegation uh, battle. So it's a nice sort of safety net to have. Incidentally, Hatafe plus 350 to be relegated. Almeria plus 100 at the moment. Uh, Rio versus Barcelona is the late game on Wednesday, 10pm local, 4pm uh, Eastern, so good time for states, uh, United States betters here. Rio plus three seventy five. Barcelona, I don't think are the worst price in the world at all at minus one thirty two. I know a lot of people don't like uh, betting minus money, but there are worse teams to have on your side given their away record, Rory, of twelve wins from fifteen in La Liga, which is which is terrific. And and Rio have only got uh, one win in their last five at home. Uh, there, uh, some plus points certainly from that Barcelona result against Atletic and you talked about them last week you said look there's going to be players coming back for Barcelona that will make a difference Pedri first of all didn't start the game but he's a big plus isn't he for Barca when it comes to winning games between now and the end of the season yeah definitely and I'm basing kind of my selection off kind of two dueling factors here one of them is Barcelona's motivation perhaps after that big win, they ease off, as we saw in those kind of games against Cadiz and Girona, or they weren't just really interested so much. Uh, but I, I think you saw for 15 minutes, you saw a really good Barcelona attack. I talked about the Lewandowski chance, the Rafinha chance and the Gavi chance. All of them came within 15 minutes when Frankie de Jong and Pedri were both on the park together. The difference that those two make to Barcelona's midfield is mammoth. Frankie de Jong means a better Busquets, but also the ability to drive through midfield to beat players. And Pedri, he basically opens up the entire pitch because Barcelona, without Pedri, tend to play through the flanks because they don't really have an option to go through the middle. They don't have the cleanness of touch. They don't have the 
ability to control in tight spaces that Pedri gives them. So when Pedri is on the park, that gives them the ability to go through the middle and through the flanks. And and I think against the Rio side that defensively have had holes in them this season. We saw them getting down a draw at camp now earlier this season, but I, I, I think there's too many holes in this Rio defence for, for Barcelona to not kind of take advantage of it. If they are motivated, Rafinha and Ferran Torres will have confidence after good performances against Atleti as well. Vallecas, I expect a big atmosphere, but they do have, they, it has been over 1.5 goals in their last six games against Osasuna two weeks or two matches ago. Sorry, it was uh, their first win in eight. And, uh, and yeah, I think these are two teams that, again, not particularly under pressure, but Barcelona will have a bit more momentum than Rayo Vallecano will. So I've got Barcelona to win over 1.5 goals. And that's plus 107. And I think Barcelona, I think, yeah, they'll have the shackles off a little bit. They'll be a bit freezed by that Atleti victory and should be feeling good about themselves. You mentioned that Lewandowski opportunity in the Atleti game. Only four goals in La Liga since the World Cup finals. He's plus 250 to score first. He's still very, very short to score first as he was right at the start of the season when he was scoring for fun. He's minus 109 to score at any time. He's minus 124 not to score. Uh, now he's scored in uh, 12 of 26 games he's played in this season, so he hasn't scored in 14. The percentages here work out around about minus 115 you'd want for him not to score. So there's no real value in minus 124. But it's an interesting conversation we're having around Lewandowski because he's not getting the opportunities, or it certainly seems like he's not given his average one shot on target in his last eight games at the start of the season. It was around about two and a half. You gave us an insight into what might change with Pedro and Frankie de Jong both playing, but has there been anything else that you've seen that's a little bit of a question mark with Lewandowski or do we just expect him to go on a bit of a run from here on in? Whether he goes on a run is is kind of more of a question about Barcelona's form, I think. I mean, incidentally, I should have mentioned uh, beforehand that Rayo Vallecano have kept Barcelona from scoring in their last three games. And I don't think Barcelona have won in those three matches either. So, so yeah, this Rayo are a team that can perhaps give Barcelona problems. But Lewandowski hasn't looked sharp since the World Cup necessarily. No. Against Atleti, that was one of the better performances. Even if he didn't score and even if he missed a good chance, that was one of the best performances I've seen him have in a long time. I think maybe you saw the fact that De Jong was in the side. You you saw the fact that Pedri was back, even if not from the start. It gave Lewandowski a bit more kind of confidence that those opportunities will come, that I'm not kind of alone in the middle, so to speak. There is players that I can uh, associate with, to to use a Spanglish term, to, to link up with. And and we'll have those opportunities kind of further down the line. And that gives him the confidence to kind of drop deep. It means that he's not kind of coming out to the flanks as much to get involved. And so, so yeah, I think Lewandowski looks sharper against Atleti. I think his touch was better. There was one move in particular where he, his shot got blocked in the end, but he kind of moved away from the defender. He Cruyff turned him and then it was really kind of swift, fast action. So that was a sign that Lewandowski for me, if perhaps he didn't score against Atleti, is perhaps on the way back to form. Uh, Barcelona will certainly hope so. And uh, and yeah, I, do, I wouldn't necessarily back against Lewandowski's score, even if recent form has shown that that would be the, the logical option, as you say. Yeah, look, it's, it's always difficult backing against Lewandowski. And I'm, I'm not suggesting anyone should do, but the fact that he's still very short to score, all of his odds haven't changed, even though he's not scoring goals. And it was interesting to hear from the Bayern Munich camp after they were knocked out 
of the Champions League by Manchester City. Uh, and of course, they were beaten at the weekend uh, by Mainz. They're, they're saying they're missing a striker. We haven't got Lewandowski anymore. Obviously, he's not long term for Barcelona. He's 34 years old. But you'd still like to think that Bayern are probably a better team if he was still there. And and, and Barcelona, I mean, obviously, I, I presume, Rory, they'd be looking for a striker, would they, in the, in the summer? I mean, Lewandowski's not going to go on forever at 34, is he? Is, is that part of their... A target, do you think this uh, this summer, this close season? Definitely, yeah. I think they they want Lewandowski to be their kind of main forward for at least another year. Then that third season is where it kind of kind of gets a bit uh, a bit thrifty. Nobody knows quite what's going to happen. They wanted Vitor Roque, who's a Brazilian teenager, eighteen, very talented, but it uh, looks like as if a lot of other sides are now circling around him. And so price wise, wherever they can afford the kind of forty to fifty million, then you factor in the fact that perhaps. Lionel Messi is, is looking to come back as well. Maybe that influences that deal. So I think they do want a striker. They're just working out who they can get in and at what price. And I have a funny feeling they may end up with Aubameyang as their backup striker again next year. Yeah, I did read that as well. Uh, Rory likes Barcelona to win over one and a half goals. It's plus 107. There have been some crazy scorelines between these two. In recent years, there have been some nil-nils as well, as Rory's been pointing out, but we've had some seven-nils, some six-nils, some five-twos, five-one. It would not surprise me if it was something like that to Barcelona. Um, in this midweek clash, which is uh, on the Wednesday, it's a, a late kickoff. Um, then on Thursday, we, we're going to look at Villarreal Espanyol. Um, Villarreal minus 159, uh, Espanyol plus 460, draw plus um, 310 here. Over and under, uh, over is minus 121, under is minus 104. By the time this game comes around, Villarreal could be 10 points behind uh, Real Sociedad. And we talked about that top four uh, race. Uh, and even if uh, Lariel don't beat Real Betis, this is a game really that Villarreal and Kike City, and they've got to win, haven't they, Rory? It's must win, absolutely, yeah. And as you say, they'll know about the results from, from Real Sociedad against Real Betis. They'll know Athletic Club's result as well, who are just behind them. And uh, I think Villarreal, as much as this is a Thursday night game, it's quite late, it might not be a big attendance. The biggest factor for me here has to be Espanyol. I mean, they're, the form they're in is akin to Elche, if not worse at the moment, at this very time. They haven't reacted under Luis Garcia, Osalu is not scoring. He's, he hit the post recently a couple of times in, in a recent game. But, but yeah, Espanyol are just so difficult to, to back or to have any faith in because it's one of those teams that even if things are going well for them, you get the feeling that they're going to go wrong. And if they go wrong, you get the feeling that they might respond. But ultimately, it just won't be enough. So I've backed Villarreal. They had a second straight defeat against Sevilla at the weekend. So I, I backed them to win that game. But they were unfortunate to lose it. They lost in the 94th minute. So this is a severe side that whatever they touch turns to gold at the minute, basically. I mean, whatever happens, whichever chances they get, they score them. If the other team has a has a chance, then they tend to find a way to, to wriggle their way out of it. And you saw that against Villarreal. Villarreal had the better of the chances. They had the better of the game for my money. Pepe Reynon pams one into the roof of the net, which was highly irritating for somebody that was backing Villarreal. Um, and yeah, I, I think Villarreal aren't playing badly at all. Kike Setien will be highly frustrated. And as much as they are unreliable, as I've said, this season they're impossible to predict just because they don't necessarily have that clinical goal scorer and they do concede one or two goals in, in every kind of match or every couple of matches. 
Espanyol, you just they're the easiest team to back against. So I've gone Villarreal over 1.5 goals at minus 115. That's the selection in the game on Thursday. Villarreal and over one and a half at minus 115. We like Barcelona and over one and a half goals as well in their game against Raya. We also like Hatafi or the draw and under two and a half goals. Hatafi at home to Amory in that relegation battle and Atleti against Mallorca. We like Atleti to win and over one and a half goals. Those are the four picks for our midweek games. And look, the title is going to be wrapped up sooner rather than later for Barcelona. The top four, if Real Sociedad win Rory um, and Villarreal don't, uh, we, one thing's going to be left for the next sort of six, seven games is looking at the basement battle. It's going to be an odd season in, in, in that uh, shape, isn't it, for, for La Liga? Yeah, it's strange in a way because it's been, I'd say it's one of the tightest seasons that I can remember in the last decade. And yet we may end up with a, with a situation where it is just kind of three or four teams playing for the relegation battle in these kind of final weeks. I think I, I would say La Real struggle tend to struggle against Real Betis and they tend to struggle when they're going when it kind of pressures on as well it's been something that Emmanuel Aguacil has has pointed out for his side as well and so if you look at this game on paper I'd say I struggle to see them winning it in a way but then this is one of those games that for Larial they'll say right this is our our final in a way that I'm sure they love to do that in Spain they love to call games finals and so Imanol Aguasi will say, this is our final, we win this. We are a good stretch of the way to, to securing Champions League qualification. And we finally get over the hump and we finally show that we can produce in those moments. But very difficult to do these things when you don't have a clinical goal sort of two. Fascinating midweek slate. Those are the best bets from Rory. We're going to be back again uh, Friday morning is our schedule at the moment. So we'll get that out to you sort of Friday afternoon, European time. And we'll be concentrating on the games over the course of of the weekend. Rory, many thanks uh, as per usual. That wraps up at Betting Weekly Extra Time La Liga edition as we mentioned. Back later on this week uh, for more previews and analysis and stay across all of the content from Bet Rivers across our Twitter feed which is at Because We Win. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.